0: Let's all go to the lobby Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with... Rochelle Charcot, who is the programming director at the Royal Cinema, and we're going to take you through some of the movies that are playing in August. Like I said last time, even if you don't live in Toronto, hopefully we'll uh, say a film that you've never heard of, or we'll remind you to go, oh yeah, I should check that out. So August, it's the end of summer. Are you excited? Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm very excited. For- <laughs> really?
0: It's hot. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm, uh, I'm not one for the heat.
0: <laughs> Are you more of a fall baby? Where I'm you're absolutely like-
1: more of a fall baby. I need that comfort, that two weeks of comfort that we get in Toronto.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, because we're doing this a little bit later this month, we're going to jump right to August. The 8th, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Yes. Russ Meyer's classic.
1: Um, we did Faster Pussycat a couple of years ago, and it was like an extremely fun screening. And this one's going to be in introduced by uh, drag queen Allison Chains. So Ooh. I'm very eager to get her little backstory on uh, why she wanted to program it.
0: Russ Meyer is one of those filmmakers that for a long time. He was kind of out of the loop as far as screening in theaters goes because certain people own the rights to his films mm-hmm. and they were uh, not very friendly. <that>. Yes. So I remember a few years ago when Fast and Pussycat Kill Kill was playing, I was like, whoa, you guys are playing it on the big screen mm-hmm. and it's coming back again. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a summer movie, it's definitely that one where uh, very strong women are beating weak men to yes. the ground. Yes. And then on August 10th, we have Speed, the Keanu Reeves classic. I love how you wrote 25th anniversary.
1: Yeah, baby.
0: <laughs> Do you think that gets people in the door? <laughs> you put like an anniversary or something. I always see that. It's like, it's the 13th anniversary of Toy Story 3. <laughs>
1: It's, I don't know, it's sometimes, like, some cute little context. Um, It often just kind of leads to people being like, wow, it's already 25 years old. (laughs) I'm so old. Yeah, yeah. It's been
0: 84 years. Exactly. I have a distinct memory of watching Speed 2 on VHS. Oh, cute. (laughs) Cruise Control. Absolutely. Which, you know, in my mind is probably the superior Speed. (laughs) Even though that Speed is fun in and of itself with its rewritten Joss Whedon script and and uh, Dennis Hopper as the villain. And then on August 11th, you have Surfer Teen Confronts Fear. Now, mm-hmm. this played at the What the Film Festival. Surfer Teen Confronts Fear is not available anywhere. Yeah. So it's not available online. It's not available on DVD. If you want to see this film, you got to come to the theater and... <laughs> I mean, the way to describe it is it took like 10 years for one guy to make, who's a university professor, and essentially it's him giving a long philosophical speech to his son on a beach, as well as a like military uh, conspiracy subplot and clones and ghosts of himself. There's a line where he's like, I've been an Iron Maiden of pain! I'm made of jellyfish juice! Something like that. I I remember that the audience, when we watched it... Everyone was mouth agape and people left going, I will never forget that (laughs) screaming. So this is being put on by my pal Peter Koplowski, so I hope if people are even a little bit interested in it, and it's been compared to like Neil Breen or Tommy Wiseau, in the sense that it is that kind of like direct vision from an individual filmmaker, come check it out. Amazing. And then on the 15th, it's Dawns of Disco uh, by Royal Stompbox. So this is a newer documentary about a, I believe it's an Italian pop star who was Really big, and then it was revealed like recently that he was actually lip syncing to somebody else's tracks. Amazing! And he got really angry. And the other guy who was singing is like kind of aloof. He doesn't really doesn't really bother him. And it's kind of charting both their career paths. Fantastic! I mean, were you a big uh, uh, Oh Milli Vanilli? Milli Vanilli. (laughs) I couldn't say the name for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, it seems pretty similar. Did you have those tapes and you were like putting them in, and no. then when you learned that they weren't singing, you like ripped the poster from your wall? I was born in 1992. Oh my god. I'm 4 years older than you. it has been 4 years. Actually, I have no uh, recollection of them at all either. Yeah. So, they won a Grammy though. That's crazy. Can you imagine Did they get it? Like they, it was like taken, taken away. Back, right? Can you yeah. imagine like winning something that you know you didn't do? Would you accept it anyway? I
1: I don't know, I'm too nervous of a person. I would <laughs> have to be on like Xanax. <laughs>
0: So you'd be scared you'd get caught?
1: I can't hold... I If you tell me a lie, I'll tell everyone in 10 seconds. <laughs> really? Yeah,
0: no, I'm too nervous. <laughs> so if someone was like, you win the um, Head Programmer of the Year Award, I'd like, and, and you'd I be like, lying. I'm not a programmer, I'm a liar, I don't do any of this stuff, and people are like, it's obvious, like, we have you on video doing it, you're like, shut up, jump through a window. Exactly. And then on the 16th, this is your series, Retro Pass. Hell yeah. Xanadu. It's
1: a double dose of a uh, disco this month.
0: Um, can we talk about how much fun Can't Stop the Music was last I month? Had a-
1: Fucking blast! Yeah. It was so amazing. Like, I love that movie so much. It like it wasn't that great of a turnout, but I feel like the people that were there were really enjoying it. Oh it was yeah, really we were cute.
0: we were like applauding and yeah. cheering along. And can't stop the music. The Village People musical is so gay. Yeah. Way more gay than I expected. Yeah. When they sing YMCA, yeah. they're just like nude men in the shower, full <laughs> <Well, like, laughs> like, dong. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like you just see their glistening muscles. Yeah. There is no subtext in the song.
1: I love it. I love the like the passing moments of like women hitting on them too where it's just like okay whatever. (laughs)
0: So I learned that one of them is not gay. Yeah
1: the lead singer. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I had to take a guess it would probably be him. (laughs) I mean when you watch that movie and you're like what's your favorite village people? Obviously it's the biker. Yes of (laughs) course. (laughs) Because he has the Leatherman most... Dist- don't get <laughs> <laughs> Leatherman don't get nervous. Leatherman don't get nervous. That was a big laugh line. Yeah. Ugh, I wish like 400 people would have shown up for that movie. It deserves that s- audience.
1: Exactly, right? I was pretty
0: bummed. But. So I hope people will come to Xanadu because like, as we said about Can't Stop the Music, there's some real like deep cuts in that movie that I was like looking for the songs afterwards. Like I could not find the milkshake song anywhere. <laughs> The Milkshake song is so good. And that's like, the Milkshake song is like this giant produced number it's like 10 minutes long and it's supposed to be a commercial. Yeah. Oh my God. The budget of that movie is insane. But uh, Xanadu is a movie that I listened to the songs a lot as a kid because I guess I was just an ELO head. Of course. And uh, I mean, the title song is great. You got Gene Kelly. You got some uh, Don Bluth animated segments where they turn into frogs and have sex with each other. (laughs) I
1: I assume that's implied. Yeah. Yeah. I screened Xanadu last summer because (laughs) uh, I do what I want here. I'm the boss. (laughs) (laughs) Give me that award. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, last summer, uh, ELO was going to be in town. (gasps) Or Jeff Lynn, rather, who was going to be in town for a concert, like maybe two weeks later or something. Mm -hmm. So I messaged him on Facebook and I was like, hey, like we're doing screening of Xanadu. Is there any chance you'd like to do like a video introduction? And he left me on red. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? That means that he read it and didn't reply. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought, like, he left you on red, like he put you in, like, a red box of some <laughs> kind. He put me on red. <laughs>
1: red alert. Oh, Justin. <laughs> uh,
0: 1987.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm absolutely <laughs> screening it again. Because, um, honestly, I... I The reason why I did these three films, uh, The Apple, Can't Stop the Music, and Xanadu, is because they all came out in 1980. Wow. Which is insane. Um, Olivia Newton-John turned down Can't Stop the Music to do Xanadu, which is hilarious because there's an alternate timeline where she did Can't Stop the Music and her career had the same trajectory.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's basically, it's like a butterfly flapped its wings, but nothing else changed. It's just like, oh, it's a chaos theory, but not really. exactly. I mean, Xanadu is probably like... probably the safer choice. It probably looks slicker and a more popular band that had been around for a while. I can't stop the music. Like we keep saying, like they could... Macho Man. What's
1: going yeah, on? Really, like, the only hit that's in that movie is YMCA, right? <laughs> yeah, the
0: other one. Yeah. What is the one that they, they talk about a magic night? It's gonna oh. be a magic night. I mean, you nailed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like you closed your eyes like you're watching the screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, after that, on the 18th, you have Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. This is the law. In Toronto, we have to show this movie, uh, I guess, every
1: month <laughs> under
0: punishment of death.
1: <laughs> it has to happen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's the 15th anniversary of the first volume of Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I was
0: not even going to say since the movie. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> no. oh my god. I look in the mirror, it's like a werewolf <laughs>
1: transformation. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, the uh, the series creator, he's gonna come by. He's gonna introduce the movie. Uh, there's gonna be prizes. Um, the Beguiling and teacalf we're gonna co-present it. So it mm-hmm. should be a pretty fun night.
0: And after that, there's Death Proof. Yeah,
1: because Allison Chains is doing her independent programming with a uh, faster Pussycat She wanted to do something kind of a uh, culturally relevant and uh, similar oh. also.
0: So <laughs> Death yeah. Proof is a good way to go. Yeah. How do you think it ranks on your uh, Quentin Tarantino?
1: Honestly, I fucking hate. You (laughs) know, so so death proof being, uh, you know, it's not long.
0: (laughs) Oh, this is a two-hour version. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) the face you just made.
1: (laughs) Um, I I like death proof. I like death proof more than anything else in the world. yes (laughs) yeah anything else at all okay Uh, my family uh, my boyfriend
0: (laughs) Uh, and on the 21st Bugsy Malone ooh it's a big uh, musical uh, month. yeah why
1: not (laughs) Bugsy Malone
0: uh, speaking of Edgar Wright he loves Bugsy Malone it's like one of his favorite (laughs) movies that's cute and it's a fun one great Paul Williams song and Mm -hmm. they made the have you seen it they made the baffling decision that everyone that sings has Paul Williams' voice all the children fuck Fantastic! So, yeah.
1: No, I've been meaning to watch this one for a long time, uh, but yeah. So it's it's a Ladies of Burlesque screening. So that means that it's gonna be preceded by some live burlesque. So I cannot for the kids. can't fathom what that's gonna look like. Will it be, be children great. who
0: will be doing it? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just
1: someone on their knee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, they're dwarfing it. <laughs> Do you remember who dwarf is? Oh, God. Uh, And then on the 23rd We have Wall Street Yes Unfortunately not The great sequel With Sheila Beef Money Never Sleeps (laughs) Absolutely haven't seen that This is the original one With um, Charlie Sheen And Martin Sheen and Michael Douglas. And it's actually playing on 35mm. Yeah. I'm surprised that Neon Dreams hasn't played this movie yet, because it is, like, the right down the middle, like, this is what the 80s are, greed is good kind of movie.
1: Totally. That kind of, like, dirty, like, cocaine riddled type of movie.
0: (laughs) Do you think Wall Street is, like, popular these days? Do people have, it like, posters on their wall? Or does Uh, this fall into the category of, like, oh, I know of this movie, but I don't recall watching it, so I shall go see it in the theater. I
1: think it probably... I feel like it's going to be, like, 50-50. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I feel like it's Wall Street has such name recognition that I feel like a fair amount of the crowd won't have seen it already. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And then on the 24th, I'm laughing because I have a story about this. Alan Howarth Live. Yeah. Now, Alan Howarth is the co-composer of most of John Carpenter's original scores. And he was at a fan expo recently. And my friend bought some stuff from him. And... He uh, gave me a t-shirt because he said, I cannot wear this t-shirt. It just says, Master of Horror Music on the front. And on the back, there's Alan Howard's face. And it's not just like a little picture. It's the whole back. Yes. And he's like, it doesn't even say who it is. <laughs> it just says, Master of Horror Music. And uh, my girlfriend Emily's like, you can't wear that when you go outside. It's yeah. so weird. It's just like his big face on the back. I think it's been like banished to like a drawer somewhere, <laughs> which makes me say, uh, I hope that he has some of those shirts again so That's, I can restock. I absolutely need one of those t shirts. And I mean, Alan Howarth, like, he doesn't get discussed enough that he was the backbone of all those John Carpenter scores. 100%. So to see him play live is a rare and very fun opportunity.
1: Yeah, he has uh, like an immensely large amount of credits. Like, I feel yeah. like most like 80s genre films, people are going to recognize his work for.
0: Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you know if he's going to like play in front of a screen I think so, or yeah going to sing no, no I think
1: he's going to play in
0: front of his screen yeah that'd be amazing if he just came out with a microphone he was like it's me all in it's like I thought he was famous for playing like synth soundtracks it's like no yeah well he's going to Bob Dylan direction there's like a keyboard on the side but he never plays it When's exactly. it going to go over to that keyboard? <laughs> and then Eastern Promise is a brighter summer day. Great movie. Edward Yang. Uh, big fan. I haven't seen it in like a decade. I remember mm. almost nothing about it. But uh, I would highly recommend it. It's like a masterpiece.
1: Yeah. Eastern's been uh, feeling his kind of like epics for the summer fantasy, which I'm super into. <laughs> fantasy?
0: <laughs> um, A.K.A. Akira Kurosawa. I think it's people <laughs> in. They know those movies. Yes,
1: yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I think it's going to be really, like, it'll be interesting. It's it, We're starting it at four. 30 because it is a quite the long movie yeah
0: i think it's like three hours and a half isn't I think it so, yeah mm. uh, but like we've always said that these long movies are best watched in a theater so you're mm. not just on your phone going like i need some kind of uh you know injection of adrenaline yeah. from twitter <laughs> give yeah. me likes absolutely and then on the 27th the stuff yeah, uh, I mean that's the Larry Cohen classic. It feels like a royal staple only because it plays almost every year. Of course, the stuff has <laughs> gone from like a movie people go like, you gotta see this to yeah. like, oh, the stuff. Okay, I get it. <laughs> oh, no, no, <laughs> no. It's a great movie though. Yeah. But it, it it is one of those ones that it's weird how people kind of glommed onto it as like the cult film no one knows about. Yeah, until it's like everybody knows about the stuff, which now. is
1: so funny because I feel like so much of his other work is that that mm-hmm. cult film that nobody knows.
0: About. The stuff appears on a marquee in Stranger Things Season 3. Oh, really? So, like, that's, that's so when funny. it's become, like, mainstream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the marker. But for people that don't know, the stuff is, like, the blob, mm-hmm. uh, but it also possesses people, mm-hmm. and it's a satire on consumerism. Mm-hmm. Struggle to say that word. <laughs> where people eat the stuff, and then it eats them from the inside out. Oh, yeah. Great practical dummies being like, ooh, and their mouths stretching as I they get it. eaten by the white stuff.
1: Did you see that Adam Waito post?
0: No, I didn't. It's
1: like the the scream. Yeah. And it's it's but it's a big stuff thing. It's really cute. I like it a lot. Great.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, any uh, specific posters you want to highlight this month? (laughs) Only that one, no other Uh... ones. Put
1: you on the spot. Oh no. I mean, they're always good.
0: Andrew Barr sitting there like, mention my poster. Oh,
1: yeah, I love everything Andrew Barr does. <laughs>
0: Andrew Barr being probably the most prolific, uh, I would say, royal cinema poster artist. He's truly a hero. I was uh, messaging him recently and I was like, Are, you may be the most prolific original poster artist working today. Yeah. In the sense of like, not like Photoshop collages or anything yeah. like that, like drawn posters. Yeah. Because I can't imagine anyone in the world doing as many as he does, which are sometimes like three to like ten a month for the royal cinema. Yeah,
1: no, he'll turn it out in like a night. Like Mm -hmm. it's insane. Like something really unique and Yeah, I love Andrew.
0: I mean, you should check out, I think Andrew Barr, illustrationist, is his website, and you can buy prints and stuff like that from him. And speaking of that, he has not delivered my poster for Dreadnought yet, (gasps) which is playing on August 28th. Uh, Dreadnought is a martial arts picture starring Jung Bao, who's one of my favorite martial artists. He uh, is part of the three brothers, so it's like Jackie Chan, Sam Hung, and then Yung Bao, and he was always the youngest brother. Mm -hmm. He was in almost as many movies as them, but he never really broke through, Mm -hmm. and this one is a kind of serial killer comedy, I guess? Fantastic. Uh, And it's about, Yung Bao is a laundryman. Batman and Robin stole the scene where Robin does the laundry with martial arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does that in this movie, <laughs> and they literally copied it scene for scene. And he's being chased by a psychotic killer wearing this crazy tiger face mask because the killer goes insane every time he hears little bells ring. And Yung Bao has those bells around his neck, <laughs> and he never figures out throughout the movie that it's those bells that's making that's the killer the go crazy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and it's directed by Yuwo Ping, who's probably the most famous action choreographer ever, who choreographed the Matrix, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Kill Bill, and his directorial effort in the 80s where he and his brothers were a team and they would make these insane movies where like hats turn into guillotines and sleeves will like reach out and decapitate people. (laughs) So it's definitely something that everybody should check out if you like kind of those, you know, imaginative martial arts films because it's a blast. And then on August 29th, Don't Look Now, presented by No Future. Mm -hmm. This is the Nick Rogue classic where where Donald Sutherland looks for his... <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm laughing. His dead child.
1: <laughs> yeah, hilarious.
0: <laughs> this is a movie that, like, it's almost impossible to read about it without having it spoiled of yeah. how it ends. Yeah, exactly. And that always put me off a long time being like, well, I know how it ends. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. what the big payoff to it is. But it is so textural. And what Nick Rogue does with his camera and the editing, it's, like, really famous for, like, a sex scene yeah. where you see them having sex and then them after sex yeah Uh, and it is something that like i feel that even if you know how it ends and you haven't seen it you should still see it because it's it's a mood piece more than it's like a gotcha kind of screenplay especially
1: watching something like that in a movie theater Mm -hmm. i just watched performance the other day and i really liked it a lot
0: you know what i've never seen performance it's really
1: good it's really uh it has the uh the editing of uh like the vhs tape from the ring like it's just all (laughs) over the place it's really disorienting.
0: <laughs> yeah, that because that's Nick Rogue and Donald Kamel. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Yeah, and it was their first film, and people say that it was actually not. It, it was actually the other guy, not Nick Rogue, who kind of. Oh, really? You introduced him to that editing style, which Nick Rogue would then utilize in his later films and kind of oh, you know work with. Very cool. And then on the thirtieth, it's uh, fire by Sangam. Am I saying that correctly? I think yeah. I said this the last time. I think
1: so, yeah.
0: <laughs> and this is a film by Deepa Mehta. And I have to admit, I actually have not seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not seen any of her trilogy. So Fire, Water. Mm-hmm. Wait, there's another one and I don't recall what it is. Ice.
1: I <laughs> sure,
0: yeah. Ice to see you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, this is a continuing uh, the programmers um, series of women in Hindi film.
0: Because women in Hindi film is something that doesn't get highlighted enough, because Hindi mm-hmm. film doesn't get highlighted, period. Yeah. So for ha- to have, like, this women-specific program is something that I love, and I hope that more people come out and see. Yep. That's on August 30th as well. Yeah, a-
1: she's doing that for, like, a six-month run. So Six months? Run.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then on the 31st, <laughs> we have the greatest double bill of all time <laughs> thank you <laughs> do you think it's ever been done before uh i don't think so <laughs> what is it actually, let the people know they don't see the the calendar like we uh, do in front of us
1: it's a uh, babe pig in the city and uh bad max fury road on a 35 millimeter <laughs>
0: <laughs> two uh, george miller films
1: yeah, i can't take credit for this programming genius it's a uh, brendan ross's handiwork mm. um actually just last night i was like just flicking through Netflix, like, trying to find something to fall asleep through. And yeah. I watched the beginning of Babe. I did not realize that George Miller also was involved with Babe.
0: So the rumor has it he essentially, like, ghost-directed the oh, first okay. Babe. Yeah. Because the guy who directed it did, like, one more thing after, but then was kind of forgotten. Yeah,
1: it holds the fuck
0: up. I like, watched it for the first time a few months ago, and I had, oh, like, yeah. tears streaming it's down amazing, my face. <laughs> right? yeah, it's amazing, right? it's That'll good. do, Pete. That'll do.
1: I know. The puppetry is, like, really convincing. All hmm. the animals look fantastic fantastic.
0: The but puppetry yeah. is so good that you watch it and you're like, CG looks so bad when it comes to like talking animals. Right? Like They got it. They figured yeah. it out with Babe. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> it's crazy. I could not believe how much it held up. So yeah, I'm, I, f- I had to watch it to prepare for the Babe Pig in the City screening.
0: I've never seen Babe Pig in the City, and it's I like have. famous where like people love it. And yeah. it's supposedly very dark as yeah. well. Yeah. I hear Babe becomes a punk in it.
1: <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got his little Mad Max look. Yeah, and he has,
0: like, a mohawk and, like, a little studded thing. Yeah. You know, classic Babe. I wonder if the film, like, people are like, it's dark. Babe kills a man. <laughs> or, like, Babe kills a pig and then eats him. Yeah. Can you imagine a Babe film gets, like, a taste for flesh? and oh. they have to... <laughs> Only pig plush, but technically still cannibalism. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there'll be a pretty big turnout to this one. It's like one of those, like, people don't play it, but people have very fond memories of Babe Pig in the City. For sure.
1: Actually, speaking of amazing Andrew Barr posters, uh, he did the poster for this one. So good. (laughs) It's so cute. With, like, the little babe is, like, facing the big... um...
0: Mad Max. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Cute.
0: That's one that, like, you want on your wall so people can come in and be like, what is that?
1: (laughs) what? oh man was...
0: there's a cinema that played the two films by this same director yeah. and then you get the classic like George Miller did Babe movies and you're like yeah. yes he also and directed Happy Two Happy Baby. Feet which yeah, is yeah. <laughs> the most coked out Robert Williams performance you have ever seen he plays like seven penguins in that movie <laughs> I like to imagine he only had one, but they couldn't stop him, and they're like, I guess he's going to play characters. multiple characters. <laughs> That's how it works in animated films. That's so funny. So, uh, after August, you get into September, and September is usually a very quiet month.
1: Yeah, we are a GFL venue, so our last two weeks are just, uh their live comedy, uh, which mm-hmm. is fantastic, and it is also kind of a nice break for, like, the programmers, especially, because September is
0: TIFF month. <laughs> Do people go to TIFF? I hear it's very expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hot take. I like to look through the chain yeah. at what's going on. <laughs> oh, it looks like it's so much fun. Yeah. That's a lie. I go to all the tip screenings because so, I have a friend that's a programmer. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> Love you, Peter. Do you see many tip screenings?
1: I normally do as many of Peter's as I can. Yeah. And then I'll just kind of like probably, like, another, like, five of just, like, other programs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, I'd say about, like, 10 to 15 a year.
0: Are you looking forward to anything, or you just watch whatever comes your way? Whenever Truly? someone's like, I have a free ticket, just please take it. Totally.
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> that. Um, no, I really haven't paid much attention. I've been too busy this year, um, but I definitely will be around. And there probably won't be an episode of
0: September, because it's not that much stuff. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just can, just for laughs.
1: Yeah, I can tell you what we have going on. Sure. Um, we have two screenings of Alice doesn't live here anymore. Once again, an anniversary screening. It's been a uh, 45
0: years. But that is one that like everybody that always tells me like I'm a huge Martin Scorsese fan except Alice doesn't live here anymore. And it's like watch it. It's like really fun. Yeah, yeah. And he does a lot of super cinematic stuff with the story which you wouldn't associate with him and Mm -hmm. because of that he approaches it in a really interesting way.
1: Yeah, that should be pretty good. That's kind of uh, like a couple days before TIFF I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we have um, a screening of Paul Bartel's last movie Shelf Life. Uh, with the cast in attendance, which is going to be pretty zany. <laughs> I
0: thought you were you're like Paul Blah, and I'm like Paul Blart Mallcop.
1: I just go off the rails.
0: <laughs> you're like um, you're like listen, it's September, nobody comes. Nobody's we're even pl- looking us. We're playing Paul Blart Mallcop every day, and then only on the last day are we playing Paul Blart Mallcop too. And
1: then I'm skipping town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's a couple of things that are still up in the air, but mm-hmm. those are my confirms so far.
0: Alice doesn't live here anymore and Shelf Life yeah directed by Paul Bartell you saw my lips moving to say Paul Blart (laughs) Paul Blart people would come if you played Paul Blart I don't want to know that (laughs) (laughs) were you around when the uh, the royal did the screening of Mordecai I knew you were going to say that that was a massive audience (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: You didn't attend? No, I did not attend
0: because <laughs> that was like way after Mordecai had been out of cinemas, and people on Twitter, the most annoying running gag in the world, Yeah. Uh, somehow got it to play here. This lunacy! <laughs> lunacy! <laughs> Probably the last time Mordecai will ever play theatrically yeah. in the world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for The Royal. Um, Until next time, I'm Justin LaGlue. And I'm Rochelle Charcot. And come to The Royal, which is on 608 College Street, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.